0: Well, well, uh, well! Here we are yet again. It is week number two here on Oral Sessions. Thank you guys so much for listening last week. I truly, deeply appreciate it very much from my little Canadian heart. Um, but here we go again. We are on to week two. We've got a new guest in the hot seat. He is an absolute MMA legend. He's been busting people's asses from UFC, Pancrase, Pride, Bellator, and mastering the art of professional wrestling from New Japan, TNA, and now his very own blood sport through GCW. It is the war master himself, Josh Barnett. I had so much fun sitting down with Josh. Um, Not only did I have fun sitting down with him, but uh, my husband, John, he also sat in on this interview. Uh, so what was funny about this was this was actually the very first interview that I had recorded for oral sessions. It happened by the seat of my pants. So, um, hopefully it's good. Hopefully you guys like it. I, a few different things to factor in here. One, I had no idea if this interview was even going to happen. I kept kind of waiting, it's happening, it's not happening, it's happening, it's not happening to all of a sudden, I'm going to be at your hotel in 20 minutes, so be ready. Um, So I quickly um, downloaded the apps that I needed in order to record this. It was literally just me and a laptop. I had no microphone. I had nothing. But I had Josh. So it's all that really matters. And the other bit of information here that's kind of funny is that this was literally recorded days after I found out that I was pregnant. So I had no idea what was going on with anything. It was a very interesting time. Um, Yeah, I was just wrapping my head around the fact that I was pregnant, trying to get this podcast off the ground. I was in Indianapolis with John, who was going to do blood sport finally for the very first time. And uh, yeah, I was stuck in the hotel room. I had to fully quarantine and couldn't hang out or do anything because I just found out I was pregnant, couldn't do anything. But Josh had been um, COVID tested. John had been COVID tested, so we were all safe to be able to gather around and crank out this podcast. Anyways, let's just get into it, shall we? Here he is, the war master himself, Josh Barnett. It has begun. Oh my gosh, this is my very first episode.
1: Oh, well,
2: this will be a good way to start it.
0: It's an interesting way to start it because I don't have a microphone. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're in a hotel room. Mm -hmm. And this is my first thing I've done since I've left WWE, actually. Okay. So we'll see how the fuck it goes. (laughs) Welcome to the Oral Sessions! Does that sound like too much of a blowjob thing?
2: It does have a bit of a job-esque quality to it.
0: (laughs) But do you think people will get over that? Will they understand that it's just about having a conversation?
2: I'm a little hung up on Well, you know, you're really expecting a lot from the general public. Okay. And uh, the internet at large, too.
0: Maybe the name will change. Maybe it'll stay this way. I don't know. Guys, I've got Josh Barnett here with me. And this is a big weekend. We're here doing blood sport. Mm -hmm. Finally. Finally. You're not on the show tonight. No,
2: that's the thing. (laughs) It's like, okay, now here, finally. And then, yeah, I'm not competing in it because I'm going to Poland to do a bare knuckle fight with elbows.
0: Which is fucking insane. And we're going to talk about that in a near moment. But what is it like for you being completely on just the production side, running the show, putting the show together, putting the card together. Um, are you very meticulous about every little detail uh, with that? I
2: am. And I'm. it's slightly less pressure because I always feel pressure to go out there and perform also just because I just always want to exceed whatever anybody's expectations are, but mainly my own, like my own ability to go out and, and do what I need to do in the ring. And so uh, I always feel the the weight of Stepping out there and putting the best that I can possibly deliver on the line and realizing also that it's not all about me. I'm not by myself. I'm, yeah. more, I, I'm in there competing against somebody else. And, you know, they have a big effect on how that works out, too. But I basically walk around thinking that I must have forgotten something the whole time. It's yeah. always just like, OK, what do you forget? <laughs> There's got to be something that you haven't done you know, and I just, especially
0: during like this day and age when mm -hmm. it's like COVID shit's happening, shows are run so differently Mm -hmm. of how people are getting into town, what kind of testing is being done, where people are going. Like, is that something that was a big factor for you guys putting the show together?
2: Yeah, to a degree, but you know, thankfully I have a good partner. So, uh, Brett handled a good portion of that, but even still like, uh, so I had Dickinson and Harry and myself all training together and Mm -hmm. hammer. So we all got tested just to make sure. And, Easy enough. We're all negative, thankfully. And uh, it's just another detail that needs to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it's not in general that hard. Like the first time I ever got tested was in, I think it was March or early April. And there was literally no no resources as to where to go. I mean, they all yeah. talked up a big game about, oh, you know, hit up the LA County of this. And there's it's like the CDC. drive-through
0: things that are like no, fucking yeah. hour-long waits. Yeah, well, at least
2: that existed. When I first got tested... Every resource that they kept hammering home. Oh, contact these people. All they would tell you is hit up your provider, hit up your general doctor and schedule an appointment. Who
0: has a general doctor? I don't.
2: And so I managed to find an ER that had a setup. By the way, funny enough, when I went there, hardly anybody knew what the hell was going on as far as like, no one was there for COVID. That was early. Yeah. Four of us. That was it. I saw four people the whole time. Did you
0: go because you thought you had it or you yes, just wanted to because be because I was at
2: a, I was at a concert and oh. someone came down with it. Yeah. And then it, as it turned out, a bunch of none of us got it. Thank but God. uh Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be a four day turnaround. And then a week goes by, a week and a half. Yeah. I'm like, what the? F- hey. So I call them. <laughs> then I got to call medical records and I got to go. They became such a pain in the ass. <laughs> I was just like, wow, well, you know. This is the best we can do here.
0: I know. It's messy. It, yeah. it all sucks. Um, John, my, my husband is here as well. He's also in the room. You're finally performing on Bloodsport. This has been eluding you for some time at this point.
3: I'm pretty stoked. This has been like over a year in the making. I've been waiting to do the show. Because I saw the first one. I was there live. I was all stoked. I was like, this is what pro wrestling is supposed to be. Is that
0: your first one? That was your first Bloodsport? That was that my first Bloodsport show. Yeah. yeah.
2: And in fact, I, mean, I remember Brett going, oh, hey. Guys from New York want to show up. I'm like, get them whatever seats they want, man. They want to be, especially when when Regal goes, hey, I want to come down, and I've known him for some time. Like, well, whatever you need, dude. Yeah, you just tell me. Well, if you want to bring anyone, you bring them. Yeah, no big deal. Like, I'm glad to have people
1: there.
0: I remember how. Stoked he was in the hotel room, just like so excited to go. He was going down with William Regal. He knew he had to kind of like hide in the audience because generally, at the time in WWE, was like kind of frowned upon to show up at other shows, right? So you had to kind of like sneak your way in there, right?
3: Yeah, I was just laying low. I was just counting down the days to be in a free man at that right. point. So that was the first time I've been to an indie show in like eight years. Yeah. Since
0: but now this just is being a in thing- that
3: environment, and that crowd was so great, and there was no bullshit, no angles, no promos, just fighting and just. The athletes. And I was like, fucking this is where I belong. Like,
0: Seeing how pumped you get for that. And we were watching some of the shows uh, over this weekend as well. But you don't like any of the fluffy stuff. Are you into any of like the fluffy side of wrestling? Because uh, I fucking love that. No, <laughs> no,
2: it's, it's, it's not for me. And uh, and that's that's cool. If there's a market for it, they'll make it. Sure. And there's a lot of people that are, are able to, to put together a career out of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll be honest, man, I've definitely seen stuff where it's comedy that I think has been brilliant and hilarious and great. But I I guess the way I see it is I have a delineation. So there's wrestling and then there's theater, basically. Sure. It's like so if you're doing comedy matches and and goofy stuff and like weird over the top gimmicks, I'm like, yeah, it's a great event to be at, but I don't call it wrestling. Right. Like that's not wrestling to me.
0: It's a totally different but event. it
2: could still be awesome and I yeah. could still have a great time. I cleanly separate my wrestling from my, you know, yeah. like my my uh I don't know, wrestling type event. I don't know. There's so much fluffy kind of interesting kind of so to have something that is absolutely not that yeah. something that is dead serious and really stripped down and raw. I also think and one, it stands out. It becomes something that is a completely unique. Mm-hmm. And I think also what makes it even more unique is when people try to, Steal the gimmick, bite it, rip it off. Where have we it, seen whatever. that?
0: What are you talking a, about? A few places,
2: a few places. <laughs> um, yeah. Although it's you know the one major one isn't really the first either. Yeah, it's not at all. I understand why they might want to do it, and only helps us to, at the end of the day. But I've seen other organizations already try to rip the whole idea off, and yeah. it's fine. But what it does show is that people think that it's oh, well, I'll just go out there and do MMA moves in a match. No, that's not it oh, I'll just take the ropes down. No, that's not it. Like mm-hmm. You can try and look like the packaging all you want, but you will not be the product. It is not that way. And even then, I think that we are even on an evolution with what we're doing because it's been so long since wrestlers were trained to wrestle this way anymore mm-hmm. for people to put together shows, anything like this. like This is so of a past that has been neglected that doesn't exist. So a lot of this is ground up and that's something people don't, I don't think realize.
0: Yeah. I mean, you were saying that watching it last night, but just how much you gravitate towards this being the up and up of this, maybe being what is going to essentially be the next big thing within the pro wrestling world.
3: It's kind of like the hot trendy, uh, thing in the Indies right now over the last year or so is to copy this blood sport concept. And I've seen some bad, uh, Bad imitations. <laughs> but uh, this is the original. So and I can tell, I can kind of feel the buzz. This is the show of the weekend of great shows with the most buzz.
0: I can feel the buzz off of you. I mean, I know when I can <sighs> tell that you're very excited and invested in something that's happening tonight. So you've got Chris Dickinson tonight. When do we get you two together again? Well, is that going to happen? There's a, there a plan Star for Moxley.
2: very early next year oh. uh, to make uh, the reality come true at this point. You know, it may be strange to have potential opponents sitting in the same room, but <laughs> yeah. but that's also something that goes with the old school quality of fighting and pro wrestling. And that is, OK, everybody knows what our job is. Everybody is here uh, and they know what's expected. And so it's not a big deal yeah. you know, because we all show up to the ring ready to go. You
0: know so how I mean? concerned should I be for John tonight?
2: I think you should be concerned for him as well but you got to be concerned for both because someone that gets in the ring with another of the highest level, it just raises you up to it. These are two guys that have been training for this moment, training to unleash themselves in this ring in a place where you will not find the opportunity in the rest of the wrestling world. And this is some of the difficulty of doing events like this is when you strip away all the excess BS, all you're left with so is wrong. the wrestler. And their ability to be out there in their element and create.
0: Okay, so on to your next venture. So October 23rd, you've got a bare-knuckle fight in Poland. Uh What the fuck? Uh, Why? Life's an adventure.
2: Life's an adventure. (laughs) This is a return to what it was like starting off in MMA for me when it was called No Holds Barred. Yeah. There were very few places to go and actually compete. And a lot of stuff was just made up on the fly. You know, between rules and locations and what have you and whether or not you can even get paid for it. Yeah. That's how we started. With the pandemic shutting everything down and places to go and compete being so limited. Yeah. Uh, except for, you know, the UFC, which has been doing a great job of yeah. keeping their, their people busy, which is fantastic. But most of the other organizations were shut down by when I was working on getting this booking. And so I was reaching out around the world to my contacts going. Okay, what place is available? Where can we fight? I just want to get in the ring. That's what's necessary. Is this
0: like a feeling? I mean, just wanting to fight or just like you've got some extra energy that you need to expel somewhere just, right just want
2: to fight. I just want to fight. I want to get in that ring and uh, light somebody up this year. That's <sighs> what has to happen. And uh, they, they said, well, okay, not MMA, but what about uh, bare knuckle boxing with elbows and dirty boxing, clinching? Jesus. And I'm all, yeah, fine. Sounds great to me. <laughs> Sounds awesome. How do
0: you prepare for something like that? From what you're doing this weekend with Bloodsport, I mean, you're their producer side, but now, mere days later, you've got to switch gears to start preparing yeah. for your fight.
2: Uh, I've been training the entire time. I've had a training camp. I've been boxing, uh, working with my boxing coach, Jamal. Um, pretty much all the same kind of stuff. Yeah. And just making sure that your your cardio is good, your conditioning is good, and uh, just lining that mentality up. And I'll have enough time when I'm over in Poland to to just sit there and start stripping away all the layers of everyday modern life and yeah. get, get to that point where it's, I don't care about anything else in the world anymore.
0: Some real man shit. I, uh, Very I, much so. When I saw <laughs> the promo
3: for that uh, bare knuckle fight, the way I took it was you're out of challenges. But it just seemed like, well, what challenges are left in combat sports for me? Let's go bare knuckle with elbows against this gnarly dude. Well, I've never mm-hmm.
2: done any bare knuckle boxing, but yeah, back early on in my career when we were doing unsanctioned fights and stuff like that, we used to fight bare knuckle and what have this is a big, fully produced event. This is some professional-level stuff. And it's stand-up only. So it's like living a real-life Street Fighter too. You know? <laughs> Traveling around the world. Yeah. And just fighting people. Finding challenges. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Insanity. Well, I look forward to seeing it. That's for damn sure. Oh, yeah.
2: Given that, uh, this might be the... You might be looking at my face the it, it,
1: the last <laughs> that
3: it looks like this. You just never know. Come yeah, on, man. Not, that <laughs> bare knuckle boxing that's like the BJFC and all that. Yeah. Like,
0: no, so just sleeping
3: all that dudes yeah. are getting cut the
1: fuck yeah. up. Yeah, you will get like, cut for sure. So
0: this brings me into your personal life. Uh-huh. Because I feel like you are a hell of a bachelor. Yeah. You're like a, a prime get. What is your dating <sighs> life like?
2: It's pretty tame. Really. Okay. Uh and I and I've never really been much of a person to to live a very flamboyant romantic life in any sense. Okay. I can say that I've I've been lucky enough to to meet people in my life that whether or not it ever even went anywhere are still friends of mine, still yeah. important components to, to things that I do. And I'm also just, I think I'm a pretty difficult person. Uh, I'm, <laughs> <I> mean- <laughs> not, I'm not possessive. I'm not jealous. I, I, I'm not so utterly particular that you can't be around me, but I have, I get, I don't know. I, I just have, I'm a, I'm a particular individual and folks might find it hard to Do you have like be.
0: a lot of quirks.
2: No, I don't think they're really quirks. I just don't do things like the normal person. I'm the kind of person that will defend his woman's honor. Or, Hell yeah. Know, or it's like, uh, okay, if things need to be taken care of, I don't pick up an app or um use a, a service call or something. I do it myself. Yeah. I'm very particular about understanding what I do, what ramifications they can have, and then trying to see ahead. And so... You know, I, I might sit there and go, you know, okay, well, you didn't think this thing through, did you?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's similar to John because John's very much like that. You are an interesting person to start dating. That's for sure.
3: Samsung or iPhone? Samsung. He's Samsung, a green. I'm he's a an an green texter. Guy. All fucking day. Yeah,
2: Android. I, I well, hate Android that idea. All I day. cannot it's, stand, I not stand all the Apple. Action. No way.
3: Uh-uh. <laughs> Get me off the fucking So I was
0: saying to John, like, while I was trying to set this up, I'm like, he's kind of a hard guy to track down. Like, you can't just have an open, easy text. But I'm like, I'm used to that because he's like that, too. Like, trying to get a hold of him, trying to get him to respond to shit, trying to, like, get shit squared away is very difficult to do with John. But I feel like since we've been together... Because he doesn't talk to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I end up as like the liaison for sure. the family, for in all aspects. Well, and
2: that's how partnerships work, right? Like, you never know how it's gonna set up, but everybody has their own individual traits and personalities. And the idea of having a partnership with someone is that you guys fill in the gaps for each other and you challenge each other for growth. And yeah. you never know how that relationship is going to lay itself out exactly. And you might come across one where, the woman's the liaison or whatever. Maybe it's the man's that's the You just never know, right? right. Everybody's got their- doing a their lot thing. of
0: heavy lifting, though, I yeah. would say. Well, you know,
2: I mean, that's, <laughs> relationships are full of heavy lifting. Give you some serious biceps, I right? know, right? But I'm also an incredibly busy and ambitious person. Yeah. And so anybody that wants to be in my life has to realize that, oh, yeah, I might get a call go for one plump. of my fighters- I'm going to be in Dubai in uh, three weeks. Yeah. So, Hey, you got a passport? You ready to go? Can you, can you work from home? Sounds
1: like a great adventure. Or,
2: uh, I'm going to go to Poland and go fight some fully tattooed head to toe madman, bare knuckle with elbows and see who comes out looking uglier. (laughs) Or I'm going to do this, or we're going to travel here. Or Oh, I got to shoot a movie for a month and a half in Thailand. Yeah. You got to be okay with, with me being out and about and just having confidence in yourself to know that if we're on the same team, if we're in this together, then that's it. Like nothing changes for me. I, I, that's, that's all I need to know. But for some folks, it can be hard.
0: Well, it's also important, I think, for somebody, like as much as you can say, oh, somebody that can have a passport and let's go do this thing for a little bit, but. That can also be a lot if someone's just always at your beck and call, right? Yeah. And you kind of need someone that just has their own shit going
2: hey, right. on. Exactly. I don't want somebody that, that's there to follow me around. Hell uh, no. Because I know that uh, anybody that.
0: Even uh, though it's exactly what I'm doing right <laughs> now, John, but it's okay. <laughs> well, but We've been uh, together a minute though. So well, it's well, fine. Well,
2: here you are. What are you doing right now?
0: Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm working. Exactly. You're We're doing, doing the your own oral thing. sessions. This the show oral is sessions.
2: You're doing squeaky your- clean. People need to have their own ambitions and they, because there's always a threat. Well, not a threat. And, and like I said, there's a, a million ways to put together a relationship. But it's going to be an
0: imbalance well, of that, like power in uh, a certain You don't sense. want
2: someone to lose their individuality. Yeah. You want them to be able to feel like they're an individual that's a part of this communion, not someone that's just hitched to it. And now they've given up who they are in trade for the idea of what the overall thing is. Has that is.
0: happened to you in the past where people just become like Josh Barnett's girlfriend?
2: They might feel that way, but that would be their own choice. But actually, it has been more of a, like an element of dating where I see someone like, oh, okay, they're in line with being Josh Rennett's girlfriend and just being the secondary person that just sort of plays beta to me. In right. a way. And I'm like, right. I don't want that.
0: Yeah. You want someone that can challenge you. You yeah. want another alpha.
2: I want somebody that, that is confident in what they're doing and who they are. And is also willing to take on the responsibility of not only the growth of the relationship as they get into it, because we're both responsible for that. You know, yeah. it is the culmination of both of our efforts, but it's also someone that is willing to continue to do the work on themselves. It's like, do you don't get into this relationship and then, okay, boom, and then I, just I got check here. out
0: of everything. Yes.
2: No, 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 no. Like Come we're on. still on a journey together. Yeah. You still have things that you're going to have to to solve. And, and me as well.
0: Start a podcast, babe. No, get it going. No.
2: <laughs> I had one for a minute with Fox, but six episodes in, they started reneging on a bunch of their responsibilities and doing things uh, poorly. So I just was like, I'm done.
0: Never mind. I'm done.
2: And Forget I, it. I realized that a podcast is a great thing, but at least for me, it's going to take a lot of time for the, uh, any of the things that I might want to talk about Yeah, the research to be done to track down the folks and all that. And if I'm going to commit that kind of time to anything like that, at least the way I, I would approach it, then it's gotta be something that's got to be that, full on. Yeah. And most of the time also, I've had talks with some of the larger podcasting companies and they'll always veer back towards, oh, so what about an MMA podcast? Of course. Like, no. Yeah. I don't want to watch that much MMA. I don't want that much MMA in my life. It's just, I mean, I enjoy it, but I don't want to do that. I, yeah. It's not something that interests me. I want to talk about other things.
0: What other things would you do? Like what, uh, what are some of your other interests or things that you would focus on? Just
2: uh, for that's a good question. Cause I John's
0: think, like, like he watches so much wrestling, wrestling, oh yeah. MMA, like all the sure. time. What are some of the other things that you like uh, to have? Do you like read a lot?
2: Yeah, I, I read, uh, I listen to, uh, lectures and philosophy. And, I knew uh,
0: it. I knew uh, it. And, uh, <laughs> and even, you know,
2: things in regards to political science and history. So. I would probably veer more that direction or maybe be more like a a Rogan type thing or like an Anthony Bourdain where you you Ah, just follow the the things that you're interested in and then figure out a way to translate it for the audience at home.
0: Yeah, that's good shit. Um, So you are also into many other weapons, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was watching some videos of you doing what, like some axe throwing. Yeah. Do you like collect different weapons, <laughs> swords and yes, shit? Yes,
2: I have. Uh, well, I'm sponsored by Cold Steel Knives. Okay, they make swords and axes. And
0: oh, I think I heard you talking about that and, on Rogan's podcast. Yeah, yeah, Cold
3: Steel rules, man. Yeah, Cold Steel. Me and, is- me and Samoa Joe send each other gifts back and forth of just random <laughs> weapons. It's he said,
0: insane. He sent
3: me a blowgun the other day. It's sick as fuck. Oh yeah, right. there in the yard.
0: Like- Joe has sent a blowgun. The um.
3: The weird, uh, what do you call it again? Hammer dart thrower thing that I took out the tree with. And <laughs>
0: the, um, the whip thing.
3: Oh, I'm big into the shambok. The
0: shambok. Shambok. Oh, oh yeah. Shambok. You
2: know, uh, one of the um the main dudes that works with Cold Steel, Ron Balicki, has a whole video on how to fight and train with the shambok.
0: Oh, you got to get that. You got to watch that because oh. he gets me to, he's like, if I'm running to like the grocery store, grab me a watermelon. Get me like something that he can just like smash it. Isn't open it weird how it?
3: much force that thing can generate? Sure. What we're talking about, it's a South African snake whip. It's like a big rubber whip. It looks like a fucking giant sex toy. You wouldn't think they're
0: all that, over that. our house. Our uh, yeah, you people must be freaked head out and it by creates them.
3: So much force that it's like becomes like a laser beam. First time I ever tried to break a watermelon with it, I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. <laughs> fucking whip that bitch. Zoom! cut through that thing like a fucking laser.
1: <laughs> That's insane. Yeah.
2: Well, and uh Cold Steel has asagai spears, and the story behind that even is so Lynn Thompson, the owner, uh head guy of Cold Steel, he's also a big-time hunter but he often hunts with spears and native weapons and things like that
0: and do you do that
2: I do not but uh, he wants to teach me to do it I've thrown the boar spear I've thrown a few others but I I don't have the skill like like Lynn does but you hunt uh, at all I have uh, when I was younger but it's been a long time yeah Uh, I just don't have the time but I love wild game so I enjoy hunting but also I enjoy being in the woods and in the wilderness and I know it seems kind of weird, but hunting made me like animals that much more. Like made me love being in the woods, made me love being a part of all that and really Respect what the earth and the wilderness is and, and the, the things within it. Yeah. You know, and also to understand the brutality of real life.
0: Oh my God. Uh,
2: of the animal kingdom of the universe itself.
0: John's dad's a big hunter. He's always trying to push it. He hunter. loves it. That's yeah. like
2: a super redneck. He's very different oh, But the food is incredible, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like getting fresh elk is just unreal. It's
1: very good. But,
2: uh, so Lynn was in Africa and he saw these Asagai tribesmen throwing spears, like doing these contests with each other. And Lynn's like, well, hey, I would love to buy one of those spears from you. And they're like, yeah, no, you can't. You can't have it. (laughs) He's like, well, how could I earn one of these from you? And they're like, well, if you can beat us in spear throwing.
1: Oh, okay.
2: And so Lynn picks up and (laughs) Lynn did throw spears and he did well enough. And they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) We did not expect that. All right, then. So you know what? No, here, just have them. Damn. He's got real Assegai Spears in his office that he used to pattern to make the ones that he now sells and there are people that go spear hunting for for a game based yes. on his designs but you know Cold Steel they do the insane pressure testing and stress testing they do on their blades mm-hmm. uh, is second to none and when other competitors will come out and say oh we got the strongest locks we got this on our and he'll, they'll go okay they put them all up against their Cold Steel stuff and, and watch a Cold Steel beats them every time.
0: What do you use these knives for?
2: Uh, mainly so that I can make sure that there are no boxes safe anywhere that might attack me. Can you me.
0: please, oh, please come to my house and take yeah, care of yeah, that. But, please. uh, I, you
2: just, having a, oh, you a knife on you. is always a great tool. My dad carried a knife with him everywhere he went, you know, his grandfather. Is this one father. of theirs? Yeah, this is a cold steel Swift, so it's got a spring Damn. assist opening. And, uh. How do you
0: get through TSA with this guy? You gotta check it?
2: Check it, yeah. Dang. But, I've trained uh, Filipino martial arts for sticks and knives and things like that. In terms of it as a weapon, but mainly it's just you should always have a knife. Even the the backside of the blade has uh, some some grinding on it to give it a little bit of a an angle here, so you could use this as a screwdriver, possibly. You can use this to wedge things open, what have you. I mean, it's a knife is just a general tool of life.
0: Do you sharpen your own knives?
2: I do, but. It's so much easier to just give them to cold steel.
0: Yeah. But,
2: uh, yeah. So I, I, throw axes, uh, knives. Uh, I can fight with knives and sticks. I have been shooting since I was a very young kid. Yeah. And, uh, I still do shooting sports when I can. And, uh, it's, it also stems from the idea that if I own a tool, I need to know how to use it. That's you know, there's that's no point in yeah. owning anything if I have no clue how to how to make use of it. Sure, like, it, it then just becomes a lump of steel.
0: Well, that we had a gun at our house for a moment, and I'm from Canada. My ass does not like guns, okay. and it very much. What about the rest me. of you? <laughs> the rest of me is Canada-ish. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I was a lot very of guns in d-
2: Canada. By the way, there that, that's is. a myth that Canada doesn't have guns.
0: There is. I mean, I'm sure at Are some you point a BC I'd gal? see. No, I love BC, but I'm from Toronto. Toronto. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, see, if you're in Vancouver, that's one thing, but then there's the whole surrounding area. Of course. That's all hunting, fishing, game. Yeah. You can that, like kind of Alberta stuff. and all yeah. that. Like
0: my uncle's big into all that stuff, but he brought one home and it was like he fucking opened a box of snakes <laughs> in the garage. Like, scared the shit <laughs> out of Literally me. I
3: jumped like five feet back.
0: Well, because he kept saying, he, he was like, oh, we should get a gun. That. We should get a gun. I'm like, I just don't know that we need a gun. And as much as his you dad. should just start going shooting. So we went to, and that scared me even more. Okay. I don't think I'm equipped for it, but I don't know that John's necessarily equipped for it either. That
1: uh, doesn't really like <laughs> interest me that much. Really. But
0: you scared me putting it together and like, it freaked me out.
2: I would say get a nice little 22 and go out somewhere and have empty pop cans. And water bottles. I could do that. things like that and just pick, pick, pick and just like shoot little things down
0: and I have a good it, time. I almost think it was going into a shooting range and having so many guns around. People you know, are them off that I'm like, overload. oh my God. There's sensory
2: overload when if you're not comfortable with that environment. Plus, I don't really like going and shooting in indoor shooting ranges also because –
0: what if someone's crazy? Yeah, it's uh, fun yes. for like
3: five minutes, and then there's there's
2: yeah. always that very
0: minimal screening in there.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, like they'll generally have a policy where you can't go in by yourself unless oh, you're a member, you know, or okay. you can't rent any. If you you bring your own firearm, that's one thing, but if you if you want to rent one, you have to have someone with you. Otherwise, to try and minimize people that want to try and use a, a a gun range as a
3: suicide.
0: Oh action. God! Yeah. God. Yeah.
3: I like trap shooting when I was a kid. Trap yeah. shooting's fun. Trap shooting's fun. What's Tons that? Fun. What is trap shooting? Like uh duck hunt where they throw the...
0: Oh! Yeah, that's a
3: lot more fun. Okay. You know? So it's trap and skeet. You know. Yeah, skeet... They is it clay shoot,
0: things.
2: Skeet, they just shoot the clays out into the air and you have a shotgun and you, you pop them out of the sky. Trap, they'll also try to mimic other animals. Okay. So they might... They'll roll it across the ground. Oh, that sounds fun. And it's a game, right? You're trying to pick off all the... The targets as they go. Okay. That and so, sounds more fun. you know, but the thing about shooting, I think that, um, even though it seems like a bag of snakes to you, there's something <laughs> correct in your, in your, in your approach and in your, in your, uh, uh, what is the is right like word? instinct
0: for well, it? Well,
2: your, um, trepidation. Okay. Because people should treat guns as if they're always loaded yeah. and it, that, that, you know, you never, Point it at anything you're unwilling to destroy. And even having a knife or something like that, always, always consider this thing sharp. It could go all the way into my tendons. It could, you know, God forbid, get into an altercation Ugh. with a blade. How dangerous, like having respect for things yeah. is the way it should be. And if more people considered the items all the way up to driving their cars, if they considered their cars, 4,000 pound death machines that can murder people and ruin lives. Yeah. Then perhaps they'd be better drivers, too.
0: That's a great point. It's all. Yeah,
3: I, I assume everybody on the road is an idiot. Yeah.
0: You're, You're a very careful all driver.
3: Because everybody's texting this 17-year-old yep. yeah. girl playing on her Snapchat and yeah. hits me and kills me. Like, yeah. I assume everybody is not paying attention, so I pay extra attention. Terrible way to die.
0: So John's such like a, a, a badass, kind of scary dude. He freaks people out. But he's it. a... No, but you are. I mean, you freak people out just in general. And like, you know.
2: We have that brow ridge thing going on.
0: Is that what... Is it? <laughs> yeah. <that> it <laughs> Deep
2: sunk <laughs> eyes. Yeah. Like, look at this yeah. fucking shark over here. He's, but, <laughs> what's he going to bite? This guy's
0: problem. Yeah. But he's mm-hmm. like the sweetest, nicest guy. I feel like you fall under that category where you're just actually like a very nice, gentle guy.
2: If you... You know, people will often, uh, yeah, I've got stories where I've literally intimidated people without doing anything right? and with no intention. Like I was sitting at a small little bar in a, the a better venue and a and leather jacket with death metal <laughs> pants and stuff. But yeah. I was just sitting at this bar. There was only four seats at the bar and they were all covered. And I was sitting in one of them and I'm watching this band in a small place. And I kept seeing people like walk up to the bar and walk away, walk up and walk away, walk up and walk <laughs> away. Walk And I finally look over and I see this guy standing there and it looks like he wants to come up and get a drink, but he's kind of fidgety. And I'm like, what the hell? So I just look over at him and he makes eye contact with me, kind of slinks his head and (laughs) throws up a high with his hand and then turns and walks away. And I'm going, oh, shit people have been wanting to come up and order a drink but they see me sitting here and <laughs> was it they're just too that he recognized to... you
0: though like was he like a big mMA fan no, he was just i scared. I never
2: expect that anybody knows who I am when they see me he just he just saw someone and even if that was the case you know just ask right like I, I would have moved aside so he could have got a drink <laughs> and I just thought like oh jesus man i'm not I'm not here to harsh anybody's vibe or be a dick about anything yeah and really the toughest people I've ever known they don't have to externally Tell the world they're tough or anything like that. There's no need for any of it. It's just try to, to, to be as respectful and open and easygoing as possible until you the time that you don't. Right. And (laughs) and somebody, somebody, somebody has to make that be the case. They have to be overly difficult, unwilling to communicate, uh, unwilling to, to compromise in any way. And and really trying to force their perspective or their wishes or wants upon the situation. Yeah. Like, well, they'll put you in a scenario where it's a choice, like an either or. Like, oh, well, okay. Well, if that's You're not gonna like this. Generally, one of the part of the things that will make me the angriest about that too is this never had to happen. This is so stupid.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Why did you make this? <laughs> you know?
0: why did you put me in this position? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: I hate yeah, I hate people like that. Yeah, yeah because, you avoid that at yeah, all It's just so dumb. And you just want to leave it. You just want to be like, oh, come on, man. Like Don't This is the dumbest it. thing in the whole world. The though. toughest dudes in the world are the chillest dudes in the world. Generally. Always, yeah. Like yourself, Chuck Liddell. Just Chuck chill. never wants to get into a fight. Yeah, never. No. He's very soft-spoken. He's just like, hey, man. it's.
1: All he was good. telling
0: us about a, it was like a verbal altercation at his daughter's soccer game or something. <laughs> just like... Just rooting for his kid, and like some shit went down. I don't, I don't know. The whole story oh yeah, kids,
2: I'm kids, that, but kids. That might be a different story. Kids sports, man. That's one where the yeah, the, love the love. yeah no, what was that story? You'd have to get him. on. I'd it. have <laughs> to get him
0: to tell the story. I don't. I don't remember it clear enough. But
2: oh yeah, you. I mean, you, you watch watch parents like get sideways just when their kid, like their four year old, is playing. T ball or yeah, something. Yeah, just lose like, really, good
0: Chill the yeah. fuck out. Um. So your whiskey. Yeah. Tell me about your whiskey. How um, long have you been doing this for?
2: Uh, since last year. Uh, I joined up with Sespe Creek Distillery, and they were already producing their vodka. Uh, they actually had a few different infused vodkas we might bring back on market. They were working on a rum project, and they already had their blended ninety-eight proof smoked bourbon. Jesus. And so. <sighs> They were inquiring, hey, you know, would you wanna be, you know, associated with this? We could create a label or whatever. And I said, um, actually, I don't want to just do like some labeling or whatever. I'm serious about it. I've been talking to other distilleries about doing my own batches and my own runs. Yeah. And they're like, Well, okay. And I just said, Look, I gotta try this stuff before we can even move to step one. Right. Because if I don't like it, then what's that. the point? Yeah. So I came up, met with David uh the head distiller and we got on so well. We had a lot of overlapping ideas about what we wanted to do and what we liked and it was just perfect. And we went into making the, the first batches of uh Warmaster edition, which is single barrel cast strength. We won gold medal in our first competition, Hell San Francisco yeah. International Spirits competition. And then you know, we've been doing um I mean we the sales were so good that we are waiting on barrels to mature. Before we can release anymore, we don't talk about what our age statements are. But it, it takes a while. Okay. You know, it, it's uh, like a secret. It is a secret, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> there is a there's a process towards making whiskey. That's for sure. But there's just some things that you just have to leave to nature.
0: Okay.
2: Even the Warbringer Blended Smoke Bourbon is pretty much all sold out of that now Crazy. too. Crazy.
0: Yeah, I went on the website today and I was like, "Sorry, yeah, check back or, later." Can't order it.
2: And, uh, Talked uh, about
0: it on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yes. Sold out.
2: <laughs> but. Uh, but things have been going really great. Um, we've been sampling some potential blend options for the next batch of uh, Warbringer itself. Mm-hmm. They're coming out pretty fantastic. The Warmaster barrels hopefully will be available by winter, but, you know, no promise. Because, because we the secret. We test these barrels every now and again. We check on them. We try Where to make they? sure they're in Oxnard. So every Warmaster barrel is handpicked by me. I pick them. I sample all the barrels. I'll sample straight from the barrel. Then we'll do a blind taste again and then see if my choices line up. We also have a, a Whiskey Sommelier, Kat Agassin. So what a So we've got all kinds of palettes to choose from, and we use all that kind of information, that experience to sort out the best stuff that we can. Things are going so well, we're hoping that we can expand uh, the operation and, and increase production and uh, try to, to hit even more retail locations because while the, the internet has been amazing for being able to sell this stuff. Yeah. But we still like the idea of having it on a shelf where someone can see it, mm-hmm. buy it. And, and also if you use certain apps, what they're going to usually do yeah. is find the bottle in a liquor store. Yeah. And then they're going to come and get it to you. And so I want to make sure that that could be something that could be done too.
0: So you're in LA. What made you move to LA? Work. Just for work, yeah. Well,
2: and and when I find it, when I moved down to the LA area in 2000, well, actually, I started training down there in 04 and fully moved there in 06. And this this happens actually quite a lot with MMA, where you'll have a cycle where there's a bunch of guys coming through and everybody's all about it, and and then all of a sudden they just kind of all dissipate and disappear, and then you you're the last guy left around. Yeah. And uh, things were just really kind of petering out up in Seattle, and the support group wasn't there, and and I, I'm like, well. I need training partners, I need oversight, I, I really need full-time everything. I'm in pride and I'm doing this. So I started going down and training with Eric Paulson, but then I was finding out that being in LA, more people were more aware of what MMA was mm. and willing to, to get in bed with it. So being in LA, I found that there was all this infrastructure for a professional MMA fighter, mm. and that made a big difference. And even back then, people would often think of vegas as the mecca of u.s mma but the reality was no it was southern california but then also so much business is in la yeah right everything having to do with entertainment and let's let's get it straight whether you're doing mma wrestling what have you you're working in the entertainment industry by being in la it keeps me close to all the other opportunities like movies and those are the things uh, that you things. want to dabble into yeah. more you know what just as much as i find that traveling the world and fighting whoever i can find is an adventure it's an adventure to see what other opportunities can arise from just being open to new experiences 100%. like uh, doing movies, doing working on television, uh, producing professional wrestling and, yeah. and, and and who knows what other things could open up and, and whether or not you can really make something of it. But you won't know until you dare.
0: It's such a fun process doing that. And I'm kind of going through that myself, of just leaving WWE. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just mm-hmm. going to leave and see what else comes up and, you know, kind of bet on myself and figure out. The rest yeah. of the shit later. It's a, it's a fun process to kind of throw yourself out there, and it, it see, is see exactly. And, what's and you got to
2: be you got to be unafraid to fail.
0: Yeah, you can't assume everything's going to be a smash hit, Correct. or you know, learn and grow as you're and going. And it's
2: just also look at all the people that may have crossed that Rubicon before you. What did they do? Or even look at how did WWE do things? How, how do they run their production on their shows? How did they buy the territories? How did mm-hmm. they? You know, there's a million things that, that happen in WWE that you can go okay, this is the process they did for that. This is why they have this department. This is why. And and you can understand the first principles of what they're doing to create their product. Mm -hmm. And then you can learn from that and say like, well, I think it'd be better if you did it this way. So I'm gonna try it like this. Or I would rather it have this look or this feel. And so I can hire the same kind of folks, but then tweak it to work in the way that I think is best. And so there's so many examples out there to help a person get some framework towards creating what it is that they wanted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a really fun process to be a part of. Uh, okay. So final thing to talk to you about here. Mm-hmm. The last time we saw you was when we were in Honolulu. <laughs> what happened?
2: I don't know, but boy, was that miserable. Oh God. That uh, was
0: crazy.
1: We
2: had a, such a great dinner. Yeah. Everything was fantastic. This is my last meal and you know, it's time to go. I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I got the shivers and the sweats, and I'm going. This isn't good. Oh, this God. is not good. And it only got worse. At 6 a.m., I'm, I barely slept. I'm. I called everyone I could call. I go. I need to see a doctor immediately. And they rushed me in to see a guy. They plumbed me full of two bags of IVs and vitamins and everything. Shot me full of uh, toradol and different meds, and it wasn't making much of a difference at all. And they finally even get me to the arena. And I'm just. With my hoodie on and my sweats crumpled on the floor, shivering. You know, oh just my like,
0: god, it
2: was just like—was it literal. something you
0: ate? You think Cause we all kind of shared food that yeah, night?
2: Yeah, no, I don't think so because it hung around for a little bit, right? Mm. It, the severity lessened, and I think a, a good reason why the severity dropped as it did uh, was because of getting injected full of all these uh, IVs and all this kind of stuff. But I had a fever; I was just fucked up. Fuck. So it's just like a flu don't know
0: just got your ass because what was crazy i mean obviously we didn't know but we're sitting ringside Mm -hmm. because he was supposed to go in yes do a spot yes
2: yes (laughs) yes no not only did i not get a chance to go out there and go to war with ronnie marks sorry dude we were gonna put something together and it all fucking went to shit it was a massively miserable moment it really was.
0: Oh man! I mean, and, well,
3: ter- you know, he's terrible time. Yeah, because yeah. Eric came out. He's like, "Yeah, Josh isn't fighting. He's like, the doctor won't clear him. He's all fucked up." Eight hours ago, he's perfectly. We were all fine. together, and he's fine. Know. What the fuck happened?
0: Because we sat down. He's like, "So I'm just gonna run in here and go do the spot." And like, you were nervous. Someone's gonna come, like, take you out. No, no. no you they didn't were, really everyone know. was informed. Everyone was informed
2: <laughs> that uh, you were gonna have your chance to go in there and fucking and, so and lay fun. lay lay the law down and be like. Yeah, come uh, April, your ass is mine.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah I never get nervous for anything, but like, you were
1: nervous. I was nervous. For it you were, I was like, yeah. Am I gonna
3: get like am I supposed, What am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, what if fuck. I
1: got shot in the face? But I was
3: like, fuck! I said I was gonna do it, so I'm jumping in a fucking cage. Fuck it! I mm-hmm. might get arrested, but it'd be a good TV. But that'd be well, we'd have, yeah. we'd, have get, we'd have made sure your bail was <laughs> <Yeah>. covered. Like, <laughs> we'll, we'll take it either way, right? I
2: mean, that's 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 the thing about pro wrestling, right? It's like Takeyama explained it to me once. He says good bad if the friend if the crowd likes it it's good and so it's like you just roll with it if some shit happens if you get hard weight or what you just keep going you you don't turn out and be like oops wait hold on break the fourth wall it's like no you you keep rolling with it you know and in fact like if a (laughs) a person gets injured in a match or whatever it's a combat sport so play yeah okay well oh that was a fucked up finish no it wasn't it is a finish and oh well this guy was supposed who cares run with it use it i mean this is this is Having the fact, I mean, with Bloodsport, you can't pick how anything's going to happen. And that's on purpose because if everybody's waiting around uh, watching a 20-minute match and is too busy jerking off and drinking their beers and yelling goofball comments until 1449 where all of a sudden it's like, oh, now they're hitting their signature moves. It yeah. means they're going to go the home. Crowds are
0: so strange. And now they
2: pay attention yeah. for four minutes and, and one second yeah. th- waiting for, oh, well, the match doesn't doesn't end until the finisher's been hit. Oh, he kicked out of the finish. Oh, that just means he has to do it again. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's
1: so formulaic, uh, the whole that's thing. That's one thing
3: I really loved about Bloodsport was that some of the matches lasted 25 minutes. Some of them lasted like two minutes. uh uh-huh. Finish can come anywhere, and the finish could be anything. Yeah. There's no formula to anything.
1: I hope I see
0: and one that, of those back kicks That's thing that drove
3: tonight. me. would drive me nuts into a review is like just the formula and the crowd understands the formula.
0: Well, the crowd dictates the matches. And they, they, they dictate actually. They know the that the
3: good guy do good and then he'll get shut down and then he'll make a comeback Mm and they don't really buy into anything no matter how much noise they're making they know it's not going to be the finish until it's like trying the finish with the finish and
2: yeah they just want to see cool moves almost and uh and it's not exactly their fault i don't blame i mean it's like the wwe realizes and a lot of wrestling will realize like well you know there's it's easy to market finishing moves it's easier to keep the structure this way it's easier to have the the gimmicks and the the written promos, and to control the product in such a way that uh, uh, you can have more predictability. Which is why with Bloodsport, there is the only predictability is that it's going to be hard hitting, it's going to be snug, it's going to be stiff and serious. One of my things about this is uh, it's not about trying to be like my wrestling's better than every other wrestling. That's no, no, no. I want what we do to draw the fans in and remove all that expectation stuff, all the predictability i want people to have to really pay attention Mm -hmm. i don't care if they're popping during the match if they're so glued to watching that they're hardly making a noise totally works because i want what they see to mean something to them i want it to matter i want them to be drawn into it you Mm -hmm. know uh that's the whole point i don't want people to be able to turn their eyes away i want them to stay glued on the screen glued in their seats and really giving a shit about what these guys are
3: doing yeah, that's what's great about crowds in Japan. Clean break on the ropes or something. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back to silence. I love that shit. Or you hit a reversal and all of a sudden you're on top.
2: You're like, oh, oh. You know,
0: <laughs> it
2: matters, you know? When I went
0: to Japan with him when he did Wrestle Kingdom, I totally changed my perception. I'm watching professional wrestling mm-hmm. that. and that. Like, just the pageantry even of how everyone comes out and they're like, great robes and the masks and the way the crowd was, it like pumped me up. I know how excited he was to go work in Japan, and then getting to actually witness it firsthand and see how they reacted to him and how the fans were. Well, the I love best. how
2: people have been going on about like, oh well, but he's this champ and that. How, how can he? What is he doing this for? Why? Is, you know why? Because John wants to fight. Yeah, John wants to get in the ring and and, wants to work. and you know what a champion does is they take on challengers no yeah. matter what. And it's like it's not about their belts; it's about their attitude. It's about yeah. the intent. And so get in there, find the baddest dude, and go. Let's
3: mm-hmm. see who's got it tonight. I just like to wrestle. Yeah. I, you know, every match you have is like a little a painting mm-hmm. that you painted that you have that you can show people or whatever and experience. You only have so much time on the earth. I don't really give a shit about being famous. I actually kind of...
0: You're a bad not, famous person. Not,
1: yeah. Not really my <laughs>
3: thing. <but laughs>
0: He's I, bad at it. <laughs>
3: like, having money is nice. It's a tool to provide for your family exactly. and stuff, but, you know, that's not things of chasing. Much like you going to fucking bare knuckle fighting Poland because you want to
1: mm-,' mm-hmm.
3: sure you don't need that payday, you're doing it literally just because you want to do it,
1: yeah, money's mm-hmm. a great tool,
3: but you know unless I'm
2: using it to do something, money doesn't create meaning. Money in and of itself doesn't have any intrinsic value beyond what's on the paper, and even then you know you can get an argument about you know depreciation and you know, interest rates and modern monetary theory and things like this, but essentially. You can't find the meaningful element within the dollar bill. You only find the meaningful element in what you're doing in the world. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is something that gives you money. Maybe it's something that costs you money. But having a meaningful life and having a meaningful purpose and fulfillment, that will leave you, at the end of the day, able to to be the kind of person that looks at themselves in the mirror and is like, yeah, I'm living my life.
0: Have that satisfaction? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Best of luck to you tonight. Best of luck to you tonight. And best of luck in Poland. I really appreciate you being literally my very first guest on this show as it's starting.
2: My pleasure.
0: Man, what a guy that Josh Barnett is. Smart man, very together. I feel like he is of a a very clear mindset, and I respect the hell out of it. For a man that obviously must get down with the whiskey quite a bit, my brain's not as clear as that when I'm drinking a bunch.
4: Uh, That's why – that's so why
0: he's the war master.
4: Well, that's what combat sports and, and stuff, you know, does for you. It clears your head. And I assume when you're getting punched bare knuckle in the face with, uh, elbows in Poland, you know, gives you a clear head, <laughs> clear perspective, you know, uh, since this interview has taken place, that fight went down.
0: Oh my God. Josh
4: was victorious. Violent match. Yeah. Elbows, short, dirty elbows in the clinch. Boxing ring, square ring, but a cage. So almost like a pro wrestling engagement. Very the theatrics cool. Theatrics
0: of the way that they put that together—that was cool. Oh, as I all love hell. it. Yeah.
4: So go out of your way to check out KSW Genesis. Really fun. Great theatrics, great pageantry, and then just unreal brutal brutality, brutal violence. Uh, you know.
0: Okay, so I wanted to wrap up this episode with you because I feel like you will be able to provide better context than. I can't, despite the fact that I was there. It didn't involve me. I was merely an outsider for this entire thing. So we were there talking about, at the very end, I literally just said the words Honolulu, and we all just dove into telling these stories about the time that we were in Honolulu. So what we're referencing here is that it was Bellator 235 when Josh was supposed to fight Ronnie Marks. So this fight never came to be. So we're going to take things back to the beginning because... I remember you telling me, hey, we're going to go to Honolulu. This is like right before Christmas or something. I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to go to Honolulu because you were going to go watch Josh fight. And then we found out that it was also supposed to lead into Bloodsport for the two of you.
4: Yeah, so we're just clearing up the story because we were talking about it, I guess.
0: It made just, no sense.
4: It didn't make any sense to anybody <laughs> if you weren't there. What happened was we were going to go to uh, Honolulu, little vacation, you know, and it just so happened that Josh was fighting Bellator in Honolulu, and uh, we're having dinner with Josh, Eric Hammer, and, uh, you know, the crew the night before, and everything is fine. So, at this point, I'm scheduled to wrestle Josh Barnett at Bloodsport in April. This, is, I believe, is December. This is an advantageous opportunity to get some press behind this thing, right? So, Josh says, like, yeah, so after the match or whatever, I'll do a promo. And then, uh, that's when, uh, you know, you jump.
0: Pending that he was going to win. If Which, he didn't win. I was
4: assuming he was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just, I wasn't even willing to entertain <laughs> you, the idea.
0: I, you can't ask what happens if you don't win, do I? Still yeah. Cause do I it? thought
4: about doing that. I thought about <laughs> saying like, I was stressed. Cause I was like, <laughs> like if he got knocked out, I wouldn't jump in the cage and start talking shit about it. So Josh says, absolutely match, I'll cut a little promo. You jump in the cage and. Basically, just do our business, promote blood sport, do whatever you want to do. And we'll just make sure that everybody's aware of it and you don't get arrested or whatever. But it wasn't really clear on any it details. It was not clear. Or whatever. So I'm not going to be a wuss. It was such not- a cool- if I said I was going to fall through with it, I was going to fall through with it even if I got arrested. But we never really got a chance to... Uh- it was
0: such a cool opportunity to, like, blur the lines. I mean, nobody would have expected that to happen. It would have been cool as hell.
4: Yeah, so I was I was set to jump in the cage at Bellator and start talking some shit.
0: <laughs> End up in Honolulu yeah. prison.
4: Security or cops be damned, or I hopefully, I was like, like I hope it's the whole Bell locker room doesn't empty and beat the fuck out of me.
0: <laughs> oh God. But
4: all I brought to Hawaii with me was flip flops. And like some t-shirts. So I didn't even, I had to go out and buy something to wear because now I'm going to be on national television talking shit. I got to look good. So I had to go buy clothes and everything. So I'm ringside waiting to do this business. And then, uh, Eric Hammer comes out and says, Oh, Josh ain't fighting. He's sick. He's fucked up. And then I was like, Oh, almost a bit of relief. But anyway, if you're <laughs> wondering what the hell we were talking about, that's what we were talking about.
0: And it was going to be a hell of an evening. I was really looking forward to it, especially because I very rarely see you nervous. So to see you kind of sweating how you were going to pull this all off and how exactly it was going to come together, I was just like stoked to be there and like just feeling that like excited energy about something. But man, what a bummer for Josh that he just got that sick. He's stuck on the island of Hawaii, just like feeling like shit, didn't get the fight.
4: It was even more satisfying to see him victorious at KSW the other day because finally got to fight after such a long time. He hadn't fought since he fought Andrey Vyrolowski last, which was some time ago. So to get back in the cage, finally, whatever country, thump whatever him. cage, whatever rules, whatever style, thump that motherfucker. Got a very nice promo afterward, thanking everyone for everything.
0: What a nice guy, yeah, huh? Just, just nice super guy nice promo, yeah, yeah. baby face. I
4: wanted to see some like, "Fuck that guy! I'm the <laughs> war master, and I'll do it to anyone. You're all next." But no, very he's, above that. He he's
0: above that. He above that. He's Above that.
4: When she did this interview with Josh here, oral sessions was simply an idea
0: it was yeah it wasn't
4: the even seedling. a seedling it wasn't an actual thing yet it was just like a hey you know when we're around in indianapolis maybe uh you should try to interview josh because he's a real interesting guy and uh yes yeah, so, you know, really put noticed. it together and then didn't get it put together we were out, all out of sorts this couple days
0: <laughs> yes more on that later.
4: Yeah, and uh, there was a bunch of shit going down. So she didn't have the right mic. Obviously, there's no video for this. She didn't have the camera. It's all messed up. She just figured she's not doing it. We haven't heard. And then uh, she's in the gym, she's sweating. All of a sudden, she bursts back into the room. Well, he's gonna be here in twenty minutes. She's trying to get some makeup on, <laughs> trying to get to. She's with her producer, trying and to he work. Had to, like, come and into she's our never in the
0: hotel room when I felt bad. No, and I was like, welcome to our.
4: There's party. been no episodes yet, so th- so this is like kind of this should go in the uh, like a little time capsule. Yeah, first it of like your, your very first attempt at normal sessions. Yeah. So this one goes in the Smithsonian. This one goes in the time capsule. Lock it up. And. uh... I just happened to be there and it was more awkward for me to not participate in the conversation <laughs> and just stand there.
0: Well, I also so. didn't want to put anyone in position where Josh gets to the hotel room and then you just leave. And then I'm like sitting there with like my laundry out and whatever. It was much easier for you to stay and hang. And also you really provided to uh, the interview. It was a lot of fun having you in there. You make yeah, a nice co-host.
4: The lesson here is that, you know, if you want to do something, achieve something, create something for any reason, just do it. Yeah. Just start.
0: Do it on your phone. Do it on whatever you have. start. Yeah. Look
4: up on YouTube how to do it. Research how to do it. Here's a blast from the past. Go to a fucking library.
0: No one's going to a library.
4: Figure out how to do it.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point. It's like, just start somewhere. And I kept kind of waiting for like, what's the perfect condition going to be? How am I going to line up this? Do I need this first and this first? Like, no, man, fuck that. Just like you have your computer, press record. Let's get this party rolling. So that's what we did. That's what turned into this episode.
4: You just do it, babe. You
0: fucking truck on through. Um, Thank you to delicious Jonathan Moxley here. Do I call you that on this?
4: No, we're not in court.
0: <laughs> I don't have to go by your government name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I never call you that in person it's weird but it's okay I can adjust for the for the show it's Mox baby
4: it's your show you can do whatever the fuck you want
0: yeah you're right thanks guys this has been Oral Sessions see you next time